coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. What I try to tell people is master the first hour of your day. Just worry about getting that down. And what does that look like? Well, maybe like for people in your audience, that's intermittent fasting. Okay, that's not a bad option, right? If you can go that 16, 17, 18 hours without eating anything, that's a, that's a net positive in my opinion. Um, but for some people, they need to start their day with high fat, high protein, no carbohydrates, right? And it's not a keto thing. It's not, you know, any kind of fancy, it's just the carbohydrates are the worst thing to have in the morning. Later in the day, I think carbohydrates are great. I think they're like clean carbohydrates, right? Um, but if you can go high fat, high protein, um, you know, like a, like, crazy as it sounds like a steak, you know, mm -hmm. or like a piece of fish, even some vegetables like fish on a salad or steak on a salad or something, something that is no sugar, low to no carbohydrates, high protein, high fat. I promise you, you won't be hungry for a long time. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was five, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed Eric Abramowitz. He's a health coach, certified nutritional therapist, and biohacker. He's an advocate for nootropics and believes in using science to improve people's lives. We discussed all about nootropics and the supplement industry, how to optimize your foundational health, along with mastering the first hour of your day, tips around improving sleep, when the best time to drink coffee is, and the importance of being grateful. I really enjoyed my interview, Eric. I know you will too. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin, and I have Eric Abramowitz on. Welcome to the show. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, this will be fun. I was on Eric's podcast, Holistic Nootropics podcast. Uh, I don't; it hasn't come out quite yet, uh, or it might come out when this is when this one comes out. But either way, uh, he is a certified holistic nutritional therapy practitioner. I've been practicing that, so uh, we're going to talk all about nootropics and get into all of that. Maybe before we get into that, how did you how did you come about? you know, getting into holistic nootropics and, and supplement industry and, in, in, in as a whole. Yeah. I mean, the short answer is the supplement industry and the people talking about supplements, it's just a giant cluster F it's, I mean, <laughs> I say it all the time. You are on my podcast. I probably said it when you were on my podcast, but the supplement industry is a $100 billion industry. And most, I mean, just a rough guesstimate, but I don't think I'm too far off. 99.9 .9 billion of that goes straight down the toilet. Um, you know, people are, first of all, they're not taking the right supplements for what they need. They're over supplementing. Some people are under supplementing. The supplement products themselves are, most of them are just trash. You know, if you're buying supplements from um, like a mainstream retailer, like, uh, you know, if you go to Costco, if you go to GNC, if you go to Walgreens, most of the stuff on Amazon, um, you know, and I know this because I know people who sell supplements on Amazon and, you know, what they're doing is they're, they're cutting a lot of corners, you know, the supplement industry, it's, it's a, it's a grab. It's not about supplements at some point, it's about marketing. And so what you get is just a lot of people putting their names on products that are white labeled, that are all kind of made at the same places. 
And, um, you know, to get stuff out the door faster, there's a lot of corners cut, there's a lot of filler products. And, you know, to be fair, if you put a product on a shelf, you have to extend the shelf life. Um, you have to put a lot of preservatives. You got to put a lot of um, excipients. If you want to get the stuff out of your factory in a timely manner, you got to get these flow agents. So the machinery that the stuff is made in doesn't jam up. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit, you know, into the deep end with this, but um, basically what I saw as a health practitioner was I saw a giant, I'll be honest, open lane for somebody to talk about how to actually get the most out of supplementation. So, you know, like you said, my background is as a nutritional therapy practitioner. I got certified as that um, some years ago. And really the whole idea with that is really trying to understand a person's foundational uh, health, really help a person optimize their foundational health. So that is like your gut health, your detoxification, liver health, your metabolism, your blood sugar regulation, um, you know, your immunity, these things that um, kind of get lost in the weeds when we start getting into all of the really cool stuff, especially in the biohacking world, like the anti-aging, like everybody wants to get into anti-aging, but they haven't figured out how to optimize themselves today. You know, they haven't figured out how to not, not completely break down if they catch a cold today, you know? Um, so, so to me, I saw a giant open lane to in the nootropic space specifically. Um, and we can get into why I, I found that, but, um, again, my background is in really nutrition, but, um, you know, what really gets me going is the biohacking space, the, the optimization space and really helping people get the most out of this space. Yeah. And you mentioned this, the supplement industry, um, a lot of junk out there. It's sort of sad. <clears throat> and is there, there's no really third party that, make sure that you're getting the product that they're saying or that there's not a lot of junk in it. Um, is there any oversee of the supplement industry? There are, you know, but I, I haven't formulated my own supplement. So, you know, in, in all transparency, like I haven't gone through the process of this, but from what I understand, because I have talked to plenty of people who are in the supplement industry, I know, you know, plenty of these people. Well, um, it's kind of a pay for play type, you know, grab where you have certain, you know, just because something says it's a uh, third party tested, um, doesn't mean it's quality. And then you have levels to it where, um, you know, the, the final product is tested, but the ingredients are not tested. Um, you know, for instance, there's a thing with turmeric, you know, a couple of years ago, turmeric was all the rage. And I know some people on Amazon got, I mean, ridiculously wealthy off of selling turmeric products that they were getting from China. And, you know, when you sell stuff, especially stuff that's made in China, it's, it's paid to the supplier by the pound. So what happens is, is you get a lot of, you know, these suppliers weighing their stuff down with other stuff. So you get like uh, lead, for instance, in some of these products, you get some heavy metals in these products. Um, you know, there are uh, like when you see iron in a product, that's not like bioavailable iron that you get from, uh, you know, like you get from red meat right? This is right. iron shavings, you know? So, um, so yeah, so there's just, it's, there's just a lot of pieces to getting a product that there's so many places to go wrong. And there's very few companies out there doing it right. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few, I don't have a ton of like supplement companies come out of the podcast, but you know, there's some, you know, obviously there are some really good brands out there 
And I think it's important sometimes to highlight those brands. I had uh, the CEO of wildfoods.co mm -hmm. uh, has, has a nice supplement line. Um, and who else? I just interviewed uh, this guy, Ari Tula, has a company called Elo, which I think sort of like the future of supplementation where they actually, uh, you know, they do blood testing and then they sort of based a, a customized, customized supplementation based off your blood blood work. And then they have a nu nutritional consultant that you talk to every week or so, or every month. And so that th there, there is, there are a lot of advances going on in, in, in this industry. But like you said, I think just going to mainstream and going to Walgreens or even like GNC, a lot of that stuff <laughs> is, is junk. And so what would you say for someone that's looking to get into, I know we'll talk about nootropics, um, perhaps maybe explain to individuals what nootropics are and it's how are they different than perhaps just a normal supplement? Sure. So, yeah. so just the simple, you know, fastball straight down the middle explanation of nootropics is it, they're brain supplements. Um, you know, they really kind of took off as uh, people knowing them as smart drugs. That's kind of where everything really started with something like modafinil. You can even classify something like Adderall as a smart drug. Um, this really became popular with the movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper. Um, I don't remember when would that come out like six, seven years ago or something. Um, and so everybody wanted the Limitless pill and it exists. You know, you can get yourself modafinil um, or if you if you don't want to go the prescription route, you can get armodafinil. Um, and I think there's another one that's the, it's the pro drug of it. So it's not actually modafinil. You can take it and then your liver metabolizes it into the chemical form of modafinil. Um, okay. so that's, that's where the whole thing really took off and nootropics there. I mean, in terms of nutrition, they're really kind of a new player on the scene, uh, relatively speaking, because the first nootropic, um, paracetam, it was synthesized in 1971. And, um, you know, from there you had the family of racetams and none of this really even caught on until, you know, probably even like the last 10 years. So, um, you know, now you have these, the, again, this family of racetams, uh, which are synthetic nootropics that really act on your cholinergic system, um, you know, essentially enhancing the amount of choline that ends up in your brain. Um, and they're, they're, they're very potent. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not enough to just take one of these things. You have to actually what they call stack these. So you have to, if you're going to use a racetam, you also have to be able to because it's going to burn through your choline stores, you have to replenish your uh, stores with some more choline. So like a, a, a choline is another, these choline products are other very popular nootropics like alpha GPC, citicoline, uh, even like a phosphatidylcholine or a choline bitartrate. Um, these are choline specific products that you take that um, they're supposed to enhance the amount of choline, again, in your brain. And you know, some people see amazing results. Uh, Citicoline and alpha GPC are two of the most popular uh, nootropic supplements, you know, but then what's happened over the last few years, and maybe I'm kind of partly responsible for this, is that now what you have are people using more natural methods. So you start having a lot of different supplements and natural products falling under the classification of nootropics. So again, the whole thing started off with the racetams, then you had, um, you know, something like Nupept, um, and you had these more synthetic kind of, uh, 
uh, specific nootropics that work specifically on the brain. Mm -hmm. But now you're getting into some more of these mushroom products, right? So like a lion's mane mushroom, a reishi mushroom, cordyceps, chaga mushroom, even like a turkey tail, um, people will put in the nootropics category. And then you start getting into the herbal products, which are very interesting. So like the ashwagandha, rhodiola rosea, the copa manieri, you know, these sorts of things, the adaptogen specifically. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, some people will call something like vitamin D, you can obviously fish oil, omega-3s, DHA, like obviously that works specifically in the brain. Um, so as time has gone on, the nootropics category has widened and um, it's pretty amazing some of the things that people are taking. And, um, you know, again, the success rate that people really confuse themselves with, with these nootropics, just because it says it's going to do the thing doesn't mean it's going to do the thing for you. And so you were mentioning like the blood testing and then the, the supplement plan for you. I think that's a great idea. I, I've seen several companies doing a very similar thing. Some people do um, genetics testing and then they'll prescribe uh, or recommend specific nootropics or supplements. Um, I've seen it with, um, uh, there's a company out there. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. When I was just going to say, yeah, like hair mineral testing too. I've done that. Um, which, and, and I think that like just seeing this stuff every day in and out, and especially like with like, you know, these ads on Instagram, it's like, it's like every other day, there's a new company coming out and there's some cool ones. Uh, there's a company that I've tried called brainwaves. Have you heard of that one? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's come across. Yeah. Okay. Uh, believe like lines mains in there and, uh, um, it's like a creamer that you put with coffee and I've tried that one and things like that. Um, but yeah, going back to your point. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, a lot of this stuff you can get wrapped up <laughs> and spend a lot of money that you probably throw down the drain. Uh, I think it's important to sort of know where you're at before you do anything. I mean, obviously if you're looking for like a quick, get me up, um, you know, like some of this stuff is great, but like when it comes to supplementation, I always advise people just to know where their levels are at before they do anything. Absolutely. I mean, you have to know, you know, so, so I didn't mention, um, another classification of nootropics, which are the amino acids, which are probably, um, of all the, uh, of all the categories, maybe the most potent, you know, because you start getting into things like 5-HTP and tryptophan, which work directly on your serotonin pathway, um, and acetyl-L-tyrosine, which works directly on your dopamine pathway, L-theanine, which is a potent, um, it's a nootropic, but it's really like a full body kind of, um, you know, relaxer, uh, amino acid. And then, I mean, there's phenylalanine, you know, which is, uh, a, again, something else that works on your dopamine pathway. So, you know, yeah, you're right. You can get lost with this. And the problem is, is that people hear some of these nootropics influencers or biohacking influencers start talking about nootropics, you know, and they say, oh man, the N-acetyl-L-tyrosine, L-tyrosine, it's so great, man. Like I put it, my brain was on another level. It enhances your dopamine. So I just felt great all the time. Okay. That's cool. But you can go seriously wrong with L-tyrosine. Um, you know, there is a, a, an enzyme in your uh, brain called, um, tyrosine. What is it? Uh, dopamine hydroxylase and people have specific genetic, uh, snips with this, where it works one way for some people and it works another way for other people. And yeah, if you have the snip where, um, where it works properly and, you know, you get the L-tyrosine and then it's going to convert to L-dopa and then to dopamine, then you're good. You're going to get that dopamine. 
But some people, it doesn't work like that. Some people, it does, it, it goes to, uh, you get the L-tyrosine and then it doesn't quite go to the L-dopamine. It actually turns into a more harmful metabolite, which can lead you down. Um, I think it's called the chironine pathway. Um, it's been a few months since I actually looked at these words. So I might be saying this wrong, but the idea is that the L-tyrosine for some people can cause enhanced anxiety, enhanced depression, and a lot of cognitive issues, especially if you have gut issues. And this is really where I come in, which is the idea of nootropics is great, but what you really want is you really want to get your body to be doing this for you. So you probably are, you've probably had a million conversations about gut health, right? So we don't have to rehash the benefits of gut, of good gut health, but in terms of nootropics, 80% or 90% of your serotonin is made in your gut. Uh, it's what's it between 50 and 75% of your dopamine is made in your gut. GABA is made in your gut. Acetylcholine is made in your gut. All of these neurotransmitters that everybody's trying to enhance with nootropics yeah. is made in your gut. And so with L-tyrosine specifically, if you have a bacteria called Clostridium difficile, what's going to happen is when you take L-tyrosine, that bacteria specifically hijacks that dopamine enzyme and it will make it go down the, again, I think it's the chironine pathway, the wrong pathway, basically. You, you can go this mm -hmm. way, good way. You can go that way, bad way. And if you have Clostridium difficile, if you have this gut bacteria, which many people do because many people have, you know, low stomach acid, they have uh, an overgrowth of bad bacteria, maybe from years of taking antibiotics, um, your L-tyrosine is going to get hijacked. Your dopamine production is going to get hijacked. And the L-tyrosine that you've heard is so great, that's going to put your brain on that next level is actually going to cause you more anxiety, more of these cognitive issues. So, um, you know, again, this is just an example. I'm not trying to scare anybody. You have to really know, this is why knowing your specific health, um, your specific health status, and you can know if you have something like Clostridium difficile through a urine test called an organic acids test. If you do the right one, uh, I like the one from Great Plains. It will tell you what your uh, C. diff status is, or maybe you've gone to a doctor and you know, you've been diagnosed with it. So if you have that, um, or if you've been on multiple rounds of antibiotics, it's a pretty safe assumption that you have some kind of harmful bacteria in you that's going to hijack your natural neurotransmitter production. Yeah. And like you mentioned in the beginning, uh, before all of, of the supplements or nootropics came out or not even before they came out, but before you even, I think, go down this route, it's, it's just focusing on like foundational health. Like you talk about digestion, uh, you know, gut health, like detox, metabolism, things like that, you know, you, you can have a direct effect and just by different, doing different lifestyle, uh, changes. And so what are the type of things that you work with on? I don't know if, are you working with clients currently? Um, is this something you're doing or are you, are you focusing on nootropics? Right now I'm just, I'm, I'm more just focusing on, um, the website, the podcast content, that sort of thing. Okay. Um, my practice slowed down because I went back to school. I'm going to be actually starting uh, medical school in the fall. So oh, cool. all of this is going to kind of come to a screeching halt. <laughs> um, but all of the content will live out there on the internet. So you can always find all the interviews I've done, um, you know, on YouTube and the website is evergreen. So, you know, yeah. everything will always be there. Um, but 
when I do work with people, the people I have worked with, when I was working with people, you know, yeah, they come to me and they say, I, you know, I've got brain fog, right? Or I'm just tired all the time. I've got fatigue issues. Um, you know, I just don't feel like my brain, like I don't get excited about stuff. I have slight depression. I have slight anxiety. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times what I do, uh, or I should say every time what I do is I don't just start saying, well, you should take this, you should take that. The first thing I do is I get to know what are they eating? What does their day look like, right? What is your activity? What is your sleep? What is your, what, what supplements are you taking right now? What pharmaceuticals are you taking right now? How much water are you drinking? Um, what kind of nutrition are you taking? I have people do a food mood journal. And so what people do is, you know, from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, they write down essentially everything they eat with uh, most of the ingredients. Like if you get a burger, you know, the burger is not just the burger. It typically has other stuff in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want to know that stuff. Um, but there's obviously only so much you can write. Right. Um, and then I want to know, you know, like, how did you feel? within that time period. So like in a three hour block, what did you eat? Did you have like a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Okay. Uh, you had an orange juice. Um, maybe you took a multivitamin. Okay. Uh, two hours later, you started feeling anxious. Okay. People don't think about that as they go about their day. They just go, oh man, I just, it's like this anxiety is just killing me. Or, you know, I just start feeling these waves of just fatigue around two o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. You can always go back in their day and say, okay, well, um, starting your day with a chocolate muffin, that <laughs> might have something to do with why you get tired. Right. Um, I think we were talking on the podcast, maybe it was you or somebody else, but I think we were talking about cereal. And oh, yeah. uh, we talked about cereal. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to eat so much freaking cereal. <laughs> and I like, it would be one of those things where I'd eat like, I, even if I was trying to eat the healthy cereal, like if I had Rice Krispies, you know, not even like the chocolate Rice Krispies, but just like straight up <laughs> Rice Krispies. You're like, how bad can these things be? You have a bowl of those things and you are starving 10 minutes later, right? Sure. Um, yeah. Or you go with the more sugary cereals, whatever it is. You can, I mean, now I, I could crush a box of that. Before I used to like kind of, when I was younger, I'd be like, okay, I can, I can deal with it. But now my blood sugar is different. Either way, you're starving after that, right? Your blood sugar just dropped. You get its immediate surge of, you know, glucose and then insulin, and then everything drops, your blood sugar drops and you are starving. You're anxious, you're cranky, you're hangry. And then what do you do? Well, maybe you go get a coffee. Maybe you get a, a an energy drink. And essentially what you did by starting your day, especially in the morning when your cortisol is high, when your storage hormones high, um, and it's blocking all the other beneficial calming hormones, sex hormones, like for men, testosterone, for women, estrogen and progesterone, you're going to start riding this blood sugar roller coaster. Yeah. And so you're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel brain foggy. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel irritable. And the only thing that's going to help that is food. And once you're on that roller coaster, you know, there's no getting off until you go to sleep and hope the next day you can, you can pick it back up. So that was a long way of saying that I want to know what is going on in a person's day. And typically like the number one thing I have to do with people is just say, look, let's master the first hour of your day. Like, I know you want to lose weight. And I, I personally, I know this is the eat clean, get lean podcast. Mm -hmm. get so lean, to clean, me, yeah. to me, like I, I, I'm a true believer that the scale is the worst thing you can have in your life. If you're trying to get in shape, mm -hmm. because what happens is people get married to these numbers. And I think obviously it's a tracking tool. It's great. It should be used once a month. 
it should be used once every couple of weeks. Like you shouldn't look, I look at the scale once a week. And even yeah. that reading is a little like funky because your, your weight is, it's such a variable number. It fluctuates in so many factors. But to me, weight loss is a side effect of doing all the other stuff right. Like it's hard to wake up day after day feeling amazing and not be on the right track for losing weight or getting ripped or whatever your goal is. Even getting ripped can be a problem for dudes, right? Because they start messing around with, um, you know, certain crash diets, you know, the digestion gets a little funky. Some dudes are, are messing with, um, you know, products like, um, you know, steroids, whatever it is, even creatine. Like I don't have good um, results with creatine. Mm. These things can mess with your body in certain ways. Um, so as, again, sidetracked. What I try to tell people is master the first hour of your day. Just worry about getting that down. And what does that look like? Well, maybe like for people in your audience, that's intermittent fasting. Okay, that's not a bad option, right? If you can go that 16, 17, 18 hours without eating anything, that's a, that's a net positive in my opinion. Um, but for some people, they need to start their day with high fat, high protein, no carbohydrates, right? And it's not a keto thing. It's not, you know, any kind of fancy, it's just, the carbohydrates are the worst thing to have in the morning. Later in the day, I think carbohydrates are great. I think they're like clean carbohydrates, right? Um, but if you can go high fat, high protein, um, you know, like a like crazy as it sounds, like a steak, you know, mm -hmm. or like a piece of fish, even some vegetables like fish on a salad or steak on a salad or something, something that is no sugar low to no carbohydrates, high protein, high fat. I promise you, you won't be hungry for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you'll feel very stable. You'll feel very level. And now you've got, okay, you've got these neurotransmitters working for you. You've got the serotonin going, you've got the dopamine going without taking any nootropic at all. Now, if you want to toss um, a nootropic on, there, if you want to toss a lion's mane mushroom on there, if you want to toss some fish oil on there, if you want to toss um, you know, L-theanine on there or one of these nootropics. If you want to try L-tyrosine, whatever it is, um, now's the time to do that. And now you're going to get better results because you're not relying on the supplement itself. You have allowed your body to make it. You've set your body up so where your metabolism is optimized, your gut health is optimized. And then there's the whole thing with digestion, which is a whole other problem. I don't think people really, uh, understand fully well, but, um, but make your body work for you. That's my whole point. Excuse me. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point. It's funny because before we started the interview, uh, I'm not like a big caffeine guy and I'm fairly sensitive to it. So I don't like, I like to sort of use it. I like to tar target when I'm going to use it. Like, because, you know, there is a little bit of a crash afterwards, right? Um, so like, I try to use it like around my workouts and like, I don't want to take it now if I'm not going to work out for two hours and then feel like I'm going to crash after that. I think that people are so reliant on getting up in the morning and relying on that first cup of coffee. What do you say to those people when they want to get up in the morning and, and then just get that pick me up? What's the, what's a better way of doing, getting that pick me up than just grabbing a cup of coffee? Well, I, I think, First of all, I don't think there's much wrong with coffee. I think it's overused, certainly. And I think it's used for the wrong purposes. Like, I like the way you use it. The way I use it is for nootropic purposes. I'm not reliant on it. And it doesn't, for the most part, affect my sleep because I make sure I don't drink any coffee past 9, 30, 10 a.m., right? Now, if you need coffee first thing in the morning, and we all know those people, then there's something under, there's another underlying issue. 
You know, what I always say is you should wake up feeling like you got shot out of a cannon. That's how you know your health is optimized, in my opinion, right? I don't have the blood test to prove it, mm-hmm. but to me, all you can know is how you feel. Like who cares what a blood test or a hair mineral test or a, you know, organic acids or a genetic test says, if you feel like crap, you know, right. if you feel great first thing in the morning, okay, you're off to a good start. If you feel very brain foggy, sluggish, fatigued first thing in the morning, well, probably you didn't get enough quality sleep. Okay. So that's, that's a, that's your first place to start. Okay. Why didn't you get enough quality sleep? Well, anybody who wears the aura ring and you're actually digging into the data, you'll start to put that little mystery together. You'll start to put that puzzle together because you'll know, oh man, if I eat too late, my deep sleep goes down. My heart rate doesn't drop. My HRV is low. So maybe I should shift my, my feeding the time I'm done eating maybe to two or three hours before I go to bed. Okay. Everybody's different, obviously. For me, I know if I eat, it's it's kind of funny because it's like a three-hour hard stop for me. If I eat within three hours, my heart rate doesn't go down enough. My deep sleep doesn't go up enough. My REM sleep doesn't go up enough. And then my heart rate, uh, and then I'll feel it the next morning. You know, it's just funny how those scores, you see those scores. And I don't, I don't know about the whoop strap. I know that's a very similar gadget. I've never used it, so I can't speak for that. But anything that's tracking your sleep, you can tell immediately. Like if you wake up and the thing says you're a readiness 60, you're going to feel that 60. Mm. But there's some days I wake up and I just feel amazing. And it, the aura rings like you're an 80, you're an 85. And I'm like, I know it, right? <laughs> and it's because I set myself up right the day before. This is also the problem with so many supplements. People are sensitive to a lot of supplements. They don't even realize it. A lot of liver supplements, you know, you start jacking your liver up. Your liver is, you know, really kind of one of the main parts of your whole sugar metabolism pathway. So you don't, you may not know it, but in the middle of the night, you might get a dump of glucose out of your liver. Uh, You know, you might get a glycogen breakdown, turn into glucose, glucose gives in your blood, insulin goes, takes that glucose out of the blood. Then your cortisol shoots up two o'clock in the morning. And now you're up and you can't fall back asleep for like two hours. Right. Mm -hmm. So many people have that problem. That's a blood sugar problem. That's something you have to address the day before. Um, so this is all to say that if you're waking up and you feel tired and you're like, I need coffee. Well, again, there's something foundational going on that you have to address. Maybe your blood sugar was erected day before because you started your day off with the coffee and then you had something sugary. And isn't it crazy that all the breakfast foods out there are high sugar, high carbohydrate, right? Like mm-hmm. it, people might be listening when I say, have a piece of salmon first thing in the morning. They'll be like, what? Salmon? You know, like, where do you walk? Where's a bakery that's selling salmon yeah. at six in the morning? <laughs> you know, it's like, like you live in Chicago. I used to live in New York. You walk down the street, man. I used to live in the story in New York. It's like these Greek bakeries are freaking amazing. And yeah. you would just see just the greatest look. I mean, muffins and donuts and cakes and, um, you know, cannolis, baklava. It's like, it's all high sugar, all high carbohydrate. And they're giving it to you first thing in the freaking morning. Mm. So if you're starting your day and bagels too, everyone's like, well, the bagel's the healthy option. Like I used to think that, right? <laughs> I was like peanut butter, bagel, and banana. Like what's wrong with that? And right. then you have people who start their day off with fruit. You know, Hey, I'm all for fruit. In fact, I will, I will go to my grave defending fruit. I'm so sick of hearing all the keto people and their war on fruit, you know, F you, if you have a problem with fruit, fruit is amazing, but it's gotta be at the right time of day. You know, if you're starting your day off with a banana or an orange, you're, you're really doing a disservice to yourself because basically what you're doing is you're just filling your body and of course, there's a difference between glucose and uh, sucrose and sugar, and then the fructose you get from 
uh, fruit. But what you're getting is a high glycemic response nonetheless. And so what ha happens is, is you have a banana, you jump right on the, uh, right on the blood sugar Insulin roller, roller coaster. coaster. Yeah. Well, I was yep. going to say even worse than that is drinking it. You know, that's the worst that, thing you could do. Right, right. You're it's better off eating that orange than drinking it. That's for sure. Yeah. 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 But not first thing in the morning, or if yeah. you do, you know, follow well, it up with something high fat and high protein. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause most people are used to having that orange juice first thing in the morning. And, uh, but yes, <clears throat> I agree with you. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. And, no, no. And, and how bad yeah. is that orange juice? Right? Like yeah. fresh squeeze orange juice. Delicious. It's amazing. Right. right? Like if I squeeze an orange myself, um, yeah, that orange is, I mean, and it's going to probably have some fiber and some pulp, but the orange juice, like the minute made it, I don't know if minute made yeah. is still what they said. I haven't been to a, like an orange juice aisle in so long. <laughs> I don't even know like what it is. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's different flavors of it now, you know, like watermelon, orange juice or whatever, oh, yeah. you know, guava, orange juice, but whatever it is, just those flavors, you know, it's not real, right? It's artificial coloring, 12 different kinds of sugar, you know, uh, all that stuff, right? Um, that stuff is doing you a major disservice. And again, that's like the first thing in the morning food that has been you have to realize too that so much of this is because of the food companies, right? Again, and I think this is a conversation we had, but the food companies know what they're doing. They know they're making hyperpalatable foods. They know they can't just sell you fresh squeezed orange juice that they picked up off of somebody off the corner. They're selling you stuff they make in a factory that's got preservatives, got you know, twelve different kinds of sugar in it, and it's got to be able to sit on a shelf for a long time. Right. So you know they're not doing you any favors, but they're also telling you like, hey, this is how you start your day, like vitamin C, vitamin B, right? Like get, get all this stuff in your orange juice. It's gluten-free. There's no gluten in oranges. Did you know that? Probably not, but it's <laughs> gluten-free. So they do these little tricks with you, right? And they get you to think like, well, I have to start my day with orange juice. That's a, that's a healthier option than coffee. In fact, I would beg to differ. I'd say probably coffee is most likely the healthier option, but again, you don't want to rely on this. Um, you know, the big thing now in the biohacking space, I hear a lot and I think it's because of uh, Andrew Huberman said this um, on some, he says this on podcasts and I've heard other sleep. Matthew Walker, I think says this too, but mm. if you do coffee, if you do caffeine, um, you know, wait an hour and a half till after you've been up, you know, hour and a half, two hours, because what you're doing is you're going to let your cortisol settle, right? You don't want to, because your cortisol is high first thing in the morning. That's what gets you up out of bed, right? So you don't want to give yourself coffee because you're not really getting the, your body's already got its natural right. energy booster up. So coffee's not really going to do anything. Let your cortisol go up and then start to drop because cortisol is going to drop throughout the day as part of your natural circadian rhythm and then boost it up with some coffee. So long as you, you know, it's early enough and you, you know, you have the right metabolism. I know there's some people who can have coffee like 30 minutes before they go to bed. That's, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm very jealous of those people. But if you're the type of person like me, where you have a slow, uh, you know, caffeine metabolizing gene, then you've got to, you know, you got to make sure you get that drank before a certain time, but do it after, you know, you've been up for a couple hours. That way you get the real benefits of coffee. You're going to actually get nootropic benefits from coffee, or you're like, you, you like to have a little caffeine before you jump into the gym, you know, do it that way. But again, it's all about timing, really. Yeah, I completely agree. And like you've mentioned, I think if you focus on mastering the first part of your day, like that, the first hour or two of the day and the end of the day, that just goes so it's just like goes a long way into like optimizing your health. What type of things do you build into your routine in the morning and then the evening? 
Okay, so everything has changed since I've had a baby. So, <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Now so you're got, not I, on your schedule. Anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I got to like, this kid doesn't care about my biohacking, um, <laughs> which is just so funny. It's like, I, you know, because obviously we probably all follow like these biohacking influencers on Instagram and they've all got inspirational quotes. None of that stuff matters if you got a baby, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, throw that you, out the window. You can't, you yeah. can't do your, your red light. You can't do, you know, you can't uh, do your, you know, your, your mood journal, you know, your like your gratitude <laughs> well, journal. You, you might be able to, you might be able to do, but it's definitely more difficult. And, you know, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I'm curious your experience before but, you had a kid and now after. Right, right. So, so I'll tell you both because I think, I think, uh, you know, anybody, because I, now I actually have a lot of empathy for people who have, who, for parents trying to do this stuff because yeah. it's difficult, man. You know, it's difficult. And that's so many people who are, who joined my Facebook group, you know, because I ask them questions when they join my Facebook group, by the way, facebook.com forward slash holistic nootropics. You can join my Facebook group or is it groups forward slash holistic nootropics? Just, Search for holistic nutrition. I'll, I'll put a link. Yeah. Um, because I ask questions. I say, you know, like what supplements are you? What's your biggest health challenge? And so many people's biggest health challenge is, you know, being a parent and just not having time to go to the gym or eat healthy, you know, um, which is a whole like societal issue. But you let me answer your question. Um, so to optimize my day, I really, I really try to hammer down that first hour. So you know, what I do is I drink water first thing in the morning. That's right out of the gate, water with some salt in it. A um, couple glasses, a couple tall glasses, filtered water, of course. Don't mess with bottled water. Please do not mess with bottled water. Get as much plastic out of your life as possible. Um, get a Berkey filter, get like a, 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 what is it? One of those um, reverse osmosis. Those things have their issues too. I did a really interesting podcast, by the way, with um, this guy, Robert Slovak. Um, these, uh, I forget the name of their company, but, um, they are, a, he's like, he's one of the guys who invented reverse osmosis. And he was telling me like, here's the problem with reverse osmosis. Like there's mold and all this crap and like the reverse osmosis, whatever I'm getting sidetracked. So, um, drink some water, good water. Um, and then what I do is I take a, a little bit of a lemon. This is like the typical, you know, like mommy blogger health influencer thing, lemon water. I think it's amazing. Um, you know, like I know, like I have to have lemon water, hot lemon water first thing in the morning. Sometimes I'll put like, uh, uh, some baking soda in it. Um, you know, just to kind of alkalize the body. It's good for the kidneys. Um, and it gets your digestion moving. That's a big thing. Uh, lemon is good for the gallbladder. Um, to me, that's one of the most, that's the most overlooked yet crucial organ in the body because it's, it's just does so many amazing things, but you want to get your gallbladder optimized. So that's how I start my day. Then I take a cold shower. If you got a cold plunge, if you got a place to get like some cold exposure, like that's amazing. Um, a river, lakes, like some people are fortunate to live by a body of water. I know people are buying a lot of cold plunges now. I have a friend who bought um, like a like a meat freezer from Costco and just fills it with water and gets it down to like 30 degrees, oh, cool. jumps in that thing, um, you know, a couple times a day. I'm smiling because I just did a podcast on cold plunging and I have one in my house. So yeah, I, I relate with you. Yeah, that's great. Do you have a real cold plunge or did you like a makeshift one? No, I, I, I splurge. We just moved into this house over the last year and that was like my splurge. So I bought a, I bought a plunger. Yeah. I'm jealous too. I want one so bad, man. So yeah. bad. Yeah. It's such a, it's such an amazing to like, to me, like that could be a game changer in a person's health. Like we're talking about these things that could, that could be an absolute game changer. No doubt. I said, I said, I honestly think it's the greatest hack, um, out of all of the ones that I hear through the podcast and that I've tried on my own. I think it's the greatest one. 
<laughs> it's a great, I mean, from, from, from head to toe, like right. that's the best thing, like dropping your body temperature like that, getting your blood flowing, you know, getting your brown fat, um, fat cells pop it, like all that stuff. And then nootropics wise, like, I mean, the mental fortitude you have to put forth. Some people do the Wim Hof breathing, like right. all that stuff, you know? Yeah. The, but if you can't, if you can't get a cold plunge, the cold shower is just as good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's there. It's, it's, it's like one a is cold plunging. One B is showering, but let me yeah. tell you, not everyone has access. They live in apartments. They can't, whatever. I mean, I used to fill up a tub and it was, and it worked, but it just became like sort of a pain, but yeah, no, everyone can put at least 10, 15 seconds of, of, of the end of your shower and have it be cold. Yeah. Uh, okay. So after you do the cold shower, then. So the cold shower. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then what I would do is I would actually, I would do, um, it's called morning pages. So, uh, I forget the late Carolyn. No, it's, uh, this lady who's, she was a really prolific author and she wrote this book called the, um, the artist's way. Mm -hmm. And I read this book years ago and basically her whole thing is just talking about, you know, if you're a creative person, the best thing to do is just to get up in the morning and just freehand write. Like she does like three full pages, uh, you know, for time's sake, I don't, I do like a page. Um, but if you got time, do three full pages and you just put your hand on the paper and you just make your hand move and you just write and you write nonsense. You write so much nonsense for so long, but this gets your brain moving in ways that you did not plan. You know, everything that you're thinking about, everything you didn't even know you were thinking about, you'll solve your own life problems this way. Um, but you have to have patience with it because it's, it's you're not going to write a screenplay, right? You're not going to write right. a, a, an, an award-winning novel. You're not going to write a Pulitzer, you know, article. You're just going to write stuff that's in your brain. And it's just about getting the stuff out of your brain, into your hand, onto a pad. And you might even like, like I said, like solve some things that are in your brain, especially as you, if you do it first thing in the morning, because your brain is fresh and, you know, with REM sleep and deep sleep, like this is a time where your brain is like solving equations and doing this sort of thing. Um, was it Edison? Edison used to sit on a Thomas Edison, by the way, uh, he used to sit on a chair and he would have like a ball bearing in his hand and he would like lean the chair back just enough to where he would like start falling asleep. And then as soon as he fell asleep, the ball bearing would fall out of his hand, wake him up. And then that's when he had his most brilliant ideas mm, and inventions because the brain is doing like all of these things, all of this restorative stuff, like while you're sleeping. So, you know, obviously maybe you're not going to go with that route, but when you wake up, just start writing stuff. And so I would do like a little bit of morning pages and then I would do my gratitude. I would do 10 things I'm grateful for. And this is a practice I picked up from Wayne Dyer, a book I read. I forget the name of the book, but it's something with gratitude in it. And he just talks about like every day, just write 10 things that you're grateful for. And you do it really fast. You don't, you don't sit there and like, you know, I have a friend who like his whole Instagram thing is about his gratitude and he'll put pictures of him like by the beach, like, you know, I mean, slaving over a gratitude list for hours, right? Yeah. Like, what am mm -hmm. I grateful for? Blah. It's no, just write down like stuff in your life. Like, and actually the more simple it is, the better. Because, I was just going to say, yeah. Because, Not, because that, yeah, go ahead. Because that's the stuff, you, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but no. my, my point is like, that's the stuff you really should be grateful for. So like, right. uh, man, I'm grateful for electricity. I live in Puerto Rico. Like every day I have electricity, it's a freaking blessing yeah. because I've lived you know, for days at a time, sometimes straight week without electricity. And it's 
the craziest thing, right? So I'm grateful for electricity. I'm grateful for waking up in the morning, like stuff like that. You, know? you should be grateful for that beautiful beach behind you. This beach right here, man. Just, I mean, it's like I'm see? sitting on the beach with this I mean, great Wi-Fi connection. If you're it's, watching on YouTube, you should see his background right now. Yeah. If you're only listening to this, you're doing yourself a disservice by missing this background. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom. So, uh, so yeah, but like I said, the, the gratitude, and we're talking about nootropics, right? We're talking about people like, to me, I got into this, not because I'm like, I want to sell nootropics. I want to talk about, I want to get into this because I want to really dig into why do, why would somebody need to plonk down a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. Some people have like a thousand dollar a month nootropic habit. Oh my God. Why, why are you, why are you doing this? Why are you taking these substances? Like what is really going on? What can you do? Like, what is at the heart of all this? And for some people it's nutrition. For some people it's trauma. For some people it's just like crippling anxiety. For some people it's just a lack of gratitude. And I don't mean that to be demeaning. I just mean like the world is just so crazy and we're so caught up in our business that you forget the most important things in your life. So like, and then you forget to be grateful for the things that you, that you did bad. So your failure. So like I have a whole history of things I failed at, you know, and they've brought me to where I am now and I'm in a pretty good place. Now I'm in a good enough place to where I'm able to come on your podcast and sit on this beautiful beach back here. Right. <laughs> so like, why would I not be grateful for all the things that I screwed up on in my life, all the bad decisions I made, because that helped me make other decisions to get to where I am today. So yeah, I go, Hey, I'm grateful for failing at stand-up comedy. I'm grateful for never selling a book. I'm grateful for, you know, breaking up with that girl. I broke up, whatever it is, right. Whatever in your life, some people have some awful things that happen in life, but you should find a way to be grateful for that stuff. Yeah. You know, that's a good, that's, I was just say that's a good point. Cause a lot, cause I do, uh, I, I, I do that as well. <clears throat> and I, and you, you make the point that you should be grateful for some of the, your failures that, that went on. And sometimes you don't think like that. It's just like, you look at those things as, Oh, you know, in the past and I'm done with that. But yeah, the, the things that you, a lot of times you learn more from failing than from actually, you know, becoming successful in certain areas. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of something like anxiety, depression, um, you know, a, a, some people's biggest problems with nutrition and their weight is binge eating, right? I've had a couple pe uh, people on my podcast talking about binge eating. And I think it's so interesting because I never thought about it until I really like started thinking about it, right? Like what right. is binge eating and what's behind it? And what's behind it is just pure emotion, you know? Um, I really believe that I consume more calories than many obese people out there. Um, and that's because the way that I consume calories, it's calculated, it's timed, it's, you know, in conjunction with exercise and healthy habits. I think a lot of obese people, like I know people who are, who are um, overweight, obese, who they won't eat anything throughout the day. But then in like that last hour or two hours where they go to bed, I mean, they just, they get all their calories right there and then, and they're not good calories. And it's in the context of binge eating. So like when I would binge eat ice cream, that's my thing, you know, um, back when I would go to the store and get like pints of ice cream, I never sat down and like made like a proper bowl and like sat there at the table and blah, ate my ice cream. No, it was like in front of the freezer with the freezer still open, the thing popped open just, and I would kill the whole thing. And I'm not even tasting the ice cream. I can't even tell you what flavor it is. All I know is that there's just thoughts running in my head, you know, regrets, 
you know, thinking like just uh, obsessing about failures, obsessing about things I said wrong, obsessing about like worrying about, did I say the right thing to that person? What, why didn't I do that thing? Oh, you screwed up that, you know? And so these are things that once you put gratitude towards those things, um, and then the next thing I do, which is breathing exercises, when you put those two practices in your life, something like binge eating starts to kind of go away because you start to realize like, first of all, you're not, you're not obsessing about that stuff anymore because you've, you kind of make peace with it. You go, no, I'm, I'm grateful for that, that job, not working out. I'm grateful for, um, you know, that, that dream that I pursued not working out. I'm grateful for not being with that girl anymore or that guy anymore, whatever, you know? And then the next thing I do are the breathing exercises. So I would do, um, alternate nostril breathing, which uh, was something I learned at a meditation retreat years ago, which is, um, you know, I'll show you how to do it. I do, uh, what is it? This Kali Mudra hands, I think is what it's called. So you plug your nose, breathe in through one nostril for count of four, plug it like right here at the bridge. And then what I do is I, um, I squeeze the perineum, like basically like squeeze your butt cheeks, like you're holding in a poop mm. and then hold your breath. So you close your mouth, close your nose, um, close your butthole, and hold a breath for 16, count of 16, and then breathe out the opposite nostril for eight. And I would just do like, you could do 10. I like to do 12 rounds of it because I count on my, um, I would count on my hand, you know? So I just count like four times. Mm -hmm. um, so 12 rounds of that. And um, just that alone is amazing. But then I do this other breathing exercise. It's called the soul sink, which is just, this is much more simpler. So if you're not ready for like the alternate nostril breathing, this is very simple where you just close your eyes, breathe in for three. Uh, it's a whole sequence. So the first one you do it eight each it's four breaths. What's, what's it called? Then I'll, um, so people can look it up. Cause that'll yeah, probably be easier. It, it, it's called soul, the soul sink. Soul like, sink. Soul yeah. Sink breathing. So you might be okay. able to look it up on YouTube and learn it from the people I learned it from, but it's like basically a combination of breathing of an inhale of three through your nose, hold, and then hold for six and then out three. I'm sorry, hold in three, breathe in three, hold three, out three. It's been a little while since I've done this. Um, and then I do five, 12, uh, five, seven, 12, five, breathe in five, hold seven, 12. Um, and then there, there's, there's different parts to it. I've now, let me, now let me ask you this. And yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I actually wish I did more breathing exercises. I will say though, when I do plunging, it is, it is a great way for me to get sort of aligned with breathing because you have to focus on your breath. But I, I think this is, I think this is something that is, could be beneficial for everybody. And it's such a simple thing. Once you learn how to do it, um, what you were, you, so you gave us your routine now pre pre kid <laughs> post kid. What, what would you say? Cause we're getting up on time soon, but yeah. what would you say would be some good ways to go about your routine? I know every kid is different and every situation right, right. is different, but you know, what if you learn through that process? You got to drug your kid. You got to make sure <laughs> the kid drinks, like gets a lot of drugs in him so they can right. sleep through the night. No. Um, right. no I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, when you have a kid, you're like, is where can I get either have a this either drug your kid or to or start doing hard drugs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's throw it, all this advice, throw it out the window once you have a kid. Um, good luck. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I honestly I will say this: make sure you have enough good connections to where people will want to help you out with your kid. Yeah, and that yeah. is like a hundred percent for real. Like, make sure you are so nice 
to your mother-in-law or <laughs> like anybody in your family and you can like convince them to come help you because that will make all that made that's how i got through the last the first four months or so mm -hmm. um but really like sneak whatever time you have and just try to optimize that so like um i have a red light panel and you know yeah i used to want to go out in the morning because like again this is a big biohacking thing like get the sun first thing in the morning and that sets your circadian rhythm okay great but i can't do that because i have to be in the house in case my kid cries so mm -hmm. what can i do instead get a red light panel set it up you know if you if you're you know make sure you're kind of close to your kids so if they cry you can hear them but you know you can still do the water and that whole first part of it where it's right. the water and then it's the cold shower you know so many people can't even do that. Like if you can just do what, like hydrate first thing in the morning, like just, just start there. Um, and then if you're like, Hey, what's the next thing I can do? Okay. Well you could do the journaling if you want to, you know, you could do the breathing, the breathing exercises would be hard because as soon as the kid starts crying, you're knocked out and you can't do that anymore. But, um, if you, you know, but you can journal, you can do the gratitude, um, you know, for an actual biohack. Yeah. Can you do a cold plunge? Sure. Why not? You know, you, you only need a couple minutes in the cold plunge. Well, and, uh, and, and I think and it, go, it goes to just prioritizing a certain time and just trying to take advantage of the times that you have, right? Like you have to be more efficient, obviously when you have so efficient. Yeah. Right. And, um, yeah, so that makes a lot of, it's like the same thing that I talk about with fasting. It's like, when you know, you're going to only eat in a four or six hour window, you're going to realize, well, I should probably eat something that's halfway decent. Meaning like, nutrient dense will keep me satiated for a long period of time because that'll make the fast that much easier. And I almost feel like, um, just like you said, like having, when you have a kid, you, I, I can't speak. I don't, I have two dogs that don't have any kids, but you just had to plan that much more when you have your time for yourself and really take advantage of that. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's like, you nailed it. It's all about efficiency. So like, just do the things that, you know, you can be efficient, like, and then your kid will start like not they're, they're like the first couple of years of life are not going to be the first couple of months, you know? So the right, first couple of months right. it's chaos, right? Any, any parent knows that I'm, I just figured that out. Like, you know, the first, the first month it's like, you don't know what you're doing. You're running around. You're like, is this kid going to die? Like what's happening? Yeah. Um, but then like over the course of the next couple of months, like the kids start sleeping more through the night, you start getting those breaks. So like, make sure you time your sleep to be on par with the kids. So if you can get the kid to bed seven, six, seven, eight o'clock, whatever it is, then push your sleep time back. If you can, don't, you're not going to, you, your, your days are going to bed at 11, 12, one, like those should be over. Get rid of the freaking video games. You know, like you, you're not a kid. Like you have a kid, like you've got to focus, right? Um, get, get, this is a big one. Cut your screen time, like down dramatically, um, later in the day. So like cut off, I think it's this dude, Brennan Bouchard. He has a whole like thing where he's like, um, three, two, one, like three hours. I stop eating before I go to bed, two hours, I stop screen time and one hour I do my gratitude journal or whatever, before I go to bed. Right. So it's kind of like that, like make sure you, if the kid goes to bed at seven, okay, well now your whole day changes so you can get on their schedule. And so if the kid does wake up at four, well, you've got six, seven hours of sleep and you start to realize like, oh my God, six hours of sleep is a blessing, right? right. Like, yeah, yeah you want to be a biohacker and you want to jump on that thing where it's like, everyone's like eight hours of sleep and it's deep sleep, whatever. It's like, but you can't do that anymore. So if you know your kid's going to go to bed at seven, try to get yourself to bed before nine. And which means try to stop having eaten by six, you know? Right. 
Right. Um, so it's, it's little things like that. And that way, when the kid does wake up, you feed them and then they go back to bed. Now you can jump in, you can do your cold plunge, you can do your cold shower, you can do your red light panel. Um, you might have a chance to make yourself like a high fat, high protein food while they're sleeping. You can eat it. And by the way, we didn't talk about this, but chewing is so important, right? Make sure you chew the crap out of your food. Make sure you really focus on like that top part of digestion where your stomach is, your hydrochloric acid is. If you need to take digestive enzymes, I highly recommend that. I'm a big fan of bitters. Um, you know, you can get, um, I forget the name of the company, but just Google digestive bitters or Amazon search digestive bitters. You'll find plenty of good ones on Amazon. Um, even though I talked a whole bunch of crap about Amazon supplements, uh, bitters mm. are kind of a different thing, right? Um, get your digestion down. So if you do eat and you kind of are in a hurry, you can eat fully digested, give yourself some time, especially with the high fat, high protein, you want to get the most out of that you can and not clog up your gallbladder. Um, and now you've set yourself up for a good day. Maybe do a little red light, um, sauna, whatever it is. Um, and then the kid wakes up and now it's like, at least you got that first hour of the day. And at least, you know, how you're going to end the day. So everything in the middle, you know, it's not as challenging and you're not riding that, you know, that insulin roller coaster and you can kind of keep things in check. Well, wouldn't you know, we got, we went from nootropics to uh, how to raise a child. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of which, I got to make sure my baby's still alive. Yeah. (laughs) Well, my dogs are nice and quiet, which is good. Um, Yeah. Well, Eric, this was great. Um, an hour, a full hour of a lot of information. Uh, and I know you're on a new venture becoming a health practitioner or a doctor. Uh, what kind of doc, what, what kind of, uh, schooling are you going for? I'm going for a naturopathic doctor. Oh, nice. Okay, great. Yeah. There's a school here in Puerto Rico. I'm going to go there in Spanish. So I'm doing, I'm going to be doctor and bilingual bilingual doctor. If you need one. Yeah. It should be fun. (laughs) If you need one. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. And, and where's the best place for people to find you? Um, you can go to Instagram at holistic nootropics. Um, that's uh, a lot of the, the, it's fairly new, but that's like my focus right now. Okay. Um, so all of the content that I have, all the, cl- like, if you don't have time to really dive into all the podcasts, all of my podcast clips and just random stuff we're doing is going on the Instagram page. YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash holistic nootropics. That's where my interviews are. That's where your interview is going to be, um, on top of like a bunch of other videos and product reviews. And if you want to go to, um, you can download, we talked about supplements. What I've done is I put together a supplement buying guide. So if the whole idea of the things I talked about, like, how do you find a good supplement is overwhelming. I boiled that all down for you to the specific ingredients to be on the lookout for in my supplement buying guide. Um, you can download that for free at the homepage at holisticnootropics.com. Awesome stuff, Eric. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, yeah, good luck with, uh, the newborn and, uh, thank you, we'll, sir. we'll be in touch on the road. Thanks again. Yep. This was awesome. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks so much for listening. You have a great, great show. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine, and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.